people deluded i'm back again i hope you're all well and safe i hope you're all doing well and safe on this early tuesday morning tuesday morning over in the uk obviously if you're listening over these sort of sides i'm well aware like my youtube there's a lot of listeners in my podcast worldwide so as usual good morning good afternoon good evening and obviously good night and welcome back to the deluded podcast the dg podcast the really and truly podcast and if you're tuning in for the first time make sure you hit that follow button on spotify and apple and even head over to youtube because the first time you hear me you're gonna get hooked you know you like good football content in a day and era where it's a lot of foul rant foul mouth ranting emotional stuff i'm not saying i'm not guilty of any of those things but you know i've got the knowledge to match people i'm feeling myself today for obvious reasons i woke up today in good in a good mood people and i hope you all did as well first and foremost i've got my life i've got my breath you know my life might not be where i want it to be but from I got my life and my health you know everything else is a given and you can do something about your situation I'm feeling myself because of you guys as well man you lot are messing with the podcast you lot are messing with the live streams you lot are pushing me put further and further we recently hit 30,000 subscribers on YouTube and obviously we're ever building man you know on average I'm getting like what 700 to a, a grand new followers a k followers a month so you lot are pushing the thing man you lot are pushing it heavy and you know most people don't grow like that in a couple of years we're doing it in a couple of months so i really appreciate the support you guys have given me you know it's tuesday i hope you're all moving closer towards whatever goals dreams and aspirations you're going you, you want you know if you're going through adversity you're stronger than your situations that's something i'm going through at this moment in time as well so trust me when i say that but yeah and obviously away from all of that people I've got to spring in my step because Arsenal won the North London derby two goals to one of course when we look at it on a neutral we'll get into it in a sec but when we look at it on a neutral point of view obviously you want to score some you want to score some more goals for that early pressure we really had to rely on a penalty and we had to react after going a goal down so when I look at it on a neutral point of view several things we can improve on obviously I think it was near enough a perfect performance by our standards definitely in North London start derby standards and I love it because you know going into it Spurs oh they were turning over into form and all of these things which weren't which weren't necessarily wrong um but people didn't give us a chance. I know you all saw typically the combined 11s featuring about one Arsenal player. Not You know, say what you want about Arsenal, but there's no way you can tell me. And it's debatable, you know, Regulon's a bad boy footballer, but you cannot tell me that Tierney, Bakayo Saka, Martinelli, Thomas Partey, Gabriel and historically Aubameyang don't have claims to be part of a combined Spurs 11. I'm not saying they, they're either or. You know, obviously I'd probably put Aubameyang left wing for Harry Kane. I don't think Aubameyang can talk to Kane at all but you get what I'm saying so I'm happy for the three points but you know me I've got my North London hat on right now I'm being a bit biased let's calm it down so yeah man I might as well let's let's run over the results which happened over the weekend better yet you know yesterday which was a Monday people Liverpool won a goal to nil um, Southampton and Brighton you know it was 2-1 to Brighton in that game Leicester smoked Sheffield United 5-0 like I just said Arsenal two Tottenham Hotspur one 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 I'm only doing that because a couple of my men them support my podcast and I know they're listening to this very early in the morning and I thought let me annoy them let me think let them let me make them think that they're 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 glitching but apologies people you know like I said let's start again let's be serious now let's get our serious hat on people I'm running too much joke and games today and it's early in the morning um <clears throat> Liverpool won Wolves nil 
Brighton 2, Southampton 1, Leicester 5, Sheffield United 0, Arsenal 2, Tottenham Hotspur 1, Manchester United 1, West Ham 0. It was 0-0 between Leeds and Chelsea. Crystal Palace won a goal to 0 against West Bromwich Albion. Burnley, courtesy of a terrific strike from Dwight McNeil, if I can remember correctly, and a not too bad finish from, was it Barnes or Wood? One of them scored the first goal, but Burnley 2 Everton and Carlo Ancelotti won. Manchester City 3, Fulham 0. And obviously Friday last week you saw Newcastle and Aston Villa get a share of the spoils and draw 1-1. So yeah, it's quite the game week. You know, Tuchel still remains undefeated. You know, um, Fulham, Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United in, re- in relation to trying, trying to get out the relegation zone were done no favours. Burnley put in a good performance and as a shocker, I'd say shocker of the week really. Um, it's if you If you move away from the North London and Derby, Burnley and Sean Dykes defeating Carlo Ancelotti. You know, Crystal Palace well welcomed three points against West Brom. Again, West Brom are all but down. You know, West Ham, you know, they put in a good performance against Man United. Man United need to take their chances a bit more, but a goal to nil and own goal is enough. Leicester, you know, big up Kelechi and Acho, smoked Sheffield United, as I said, and it's always nice to win a North London derby. So, yeah, man, depending on who you are, it's mixed results. So let's crack on first and foremost with the game I'm most excited about, Arsenal 2 Tottenham Hotspur won. Obviously, with that being said, Tottenham Hotspur have now lost nine games in this Premier League season. That's actually the joint joint most Jose Mourinho has ever suffered in a single campaign in his managerial career. He also had nine in his second spell, 2015-16, with Chelsea. With that, obviously, Arsenal avoided allowing Jose Mourinho, the first manager to win his free, first three North London derbies. Obviously, Spurs could have done the, the double, which would have been the first time in my lifetime. Um, so it's nice. Obviously, Mikel Arteta is the third consecutive Arsenal boss to win his first home league meeting with, with Spurs following Arsene Wenger and Emre. Hopefully, you can follow on with Arsene Wenger in terms of winning stuff. Um, so, yeah, my feelings on the game. Like I said, people, from an Arsenal perspective, I'm proud of my players because I always question their heart, commitment, application to the cause and all these things. I don't think I can in that game. From Obviously, as an Arsenal fan, you can never have everything in it. If we start well, we're not going to end the game well, you know. I wouldn't say we ended it badly, but it was very nervous. I mean, we're, Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal are both special teams in the sense of Spurs went down to 10 men and started looking more dangerous and looking like they wanted to win the game of football. We looked like... We were we wanted to you know concede and was looking even more shaky and there was a couple of moments it could have went anywhere and um, as an Arsenal fan that's where we need to improve because if spots are not facts end of the day we walked away with three points but when I look at this result in isolation you know we probably should have early on scored some goals we started well we should have scored we shouldn't have had to come from behind and like I said ifs and buts are not anything you know obviously Gabriel saved us Kane gets his header on target it's a different sort of game the referee doesn't make that whatever decision with the penalty these are all different things it's the same with Leeds again we beat Leeds and it was a convincing game against Leeds but we're sitting there and saying if Bamford got this penalty if that happened it could have been different I'm sure you all remember Chelsea at the Emirates again similar to, to Arsenal against Spurs started well, played them off the park, can't really ask anything more. But, you know, between the penalty that our bacon got saved, the goal we conceded, once again, we made it a bit of a nervy finish towards the end. And, you know, that's what Arsenal need to improve on. You know, the I'd say points for improvement, 
play well consistently well for the whole 90 you know we had a lot of possession and all of those sort of things but we should have went two three maybe even four up within the first 20 because Spurs weren't really there and obviously managed the game a bit better and and, and for me work Loris a bit better because we didn't re we scored two goals you know courtesy of mistakes from Spurs but we didn't really work Loris you know he looked a bit suspect they were struggling playing out from the back even in terms of our pressing nobody is speaking about it it was a great pass from nobody's speaking about that pass from Pepe um, to set up Lacazette in the build up to that penalty but whose fault is that people if you looked at it God forgive me if I'm lying that you'd Spurs all day struggled to get play out of the back struggled to really play football and get out Loris has played an aimless kick and that's because of the, the traps that, that um, Mikel Arteta has set against Jose Mourinho's man so it's an aimless thing of an aimless kick Pepe latches onto it and plays him um you see what I'm saying? We when we provoke their mistakes, they make mistakes. People, you lot, you know, the penalty was a mistake. Obviously, they switched off as well for for the for the goal. So yeah, and and for all our dominance and all those sort of things, the second half was a bit closer. But for all our dominance, obviously, we had to still come from behind, people, which we should have never had to have done in this game. Um, like I said, we started well. I was really impressed tactically. You know, Odegaard was on it. Tierney. But Gareth Bell wasn't trying to defend the tool and Tierney and, and Smith Rowe exploited that right hand side. Doherty, I say Doherty's having nightmares. He's an Arsenal fan, so he's probably cheering it on when he got home and probably watched it as a neutral. But he got destroyed in that game. You know, Kieran Tierney burnt him for our equaliser with Martin Odegaard. You know, Odegaard, Tierney, Smith Rowe, I think they all started very well. Lacazette deserved his goal because he grinded and worked very hard. Obviously, Cedric, I won't say Cedric is amazing, but between. Callum Chambers playing against Burnley and Cedric just offering an overlap with Pepe in the first half with Saka. It shows what happens if you could get an even better fullback or just have a fullback that understands you need to go forward. You know, Gabriel bossed it. You know, man of the match is in a good way. I think everyone in the Arsenal team could have been man of the match. But for me, if I had to limit it down... I think David Luiz isn't getting praised for his good performance. You know, they pocketed Harry Kane as well. Um, but, but I'd say Gabriel, Tierney... Um, again, it was a couple of days ago, but Gabriel, Tierney, uh, Martin Odegaard, Smith Rowe, they were all superb people. Like I said, the game plan, Spurs had no ideas. Again, I think they tried to, he tried to literally copy what he did in the game where they beat us. They thought Arsenal would make some mistakes and they'll capitalise. Um, but we dominated the midfield. I was concerned with Jose there. I thought that's something he would have had on the key. I thought you would have seen Sissoko on the right-hand side. I think if you was to ask Jose again, if he had his time at this clash, I think he's going maybe, I don't know Aurier's fitness, but he's probably going with Aurier, the lesser of the two evils at right-back. And I think he's genuinely going with Sissoko there as well. Or maybe even Sissoko right-back on Birdride because, you know, Bell was not helping them going back because, yes, Bell was involved in the goal. Terrific goal from Lemayna, you know, like an idiot in the 250th game got sent off um, but yeah man that was the only good thing they did really and truly and that was because we were sitting off at a, at a point but we were forcing long balls forward and we were you know we were winning our 1v1 battles and we were out crowding them Harry Kane was frustrated I think Harry Kane actually needed to stand near our centre-halves and play like a number nine he was he was dropping deep whether it's 11 men behind the ball or him doing this 10 stuff that the media is praising for either way Spurs couldn't get out of their half and it was all us and for Arsenal like I said We've got to work on correlating possession, starting well, all of these sort of things with the scoreline. Because like I said, we didn't test Loris enough, in my opinion, even throughout the whole game. Up until we scored, you know, the best chances was probably Lacazette's miss kick. And I would say Smith Rowe, where he smacked the crossbar. That was probably about it. So we need to work on that stuff. But 
you know, man to a man, it worked in it, you know, it worked, you know, anything he worked on in the week, it came to it, it you know, the fruits came to labor. Yes, there were fortunate things, you know, Lemena. I do think in incidents, he's harsh, it's harsh for Lemena to be sent off for what I don't think is intentional, but the ref warned him four times and, you know, Lemayna is a derby player and you saw it forget the goal which was amazing you know he's rattling Xhaka he's rattling Louise um, again he needs to be a bit smarter someone has played 250 games for Spurs you wouldn't expect after being warned by the referee you've done it four times we all saw on the TV he's doing four you know if there's anything else you can't afford to get yourself involved in which he did and it's an L for them, but I'm not going to lie, it's a, it's a confidence booster, obviously, to go with the Olympiacos result in the first leg, the Spurs one, we've got West Ham, Liverpool, the second leg to come, I'll take any victory, especially a big victory like this, anytime it comes, and I speak about this on my on my YouTube, and I don't want to speak, go over the same things, but this is what I would say to these players, you know, are you not tired of doing these things in incident, like I said, not putting a downer on it, but are you not tired of doing these things in isolation, you see how it felt, you know, last season was poor. We ended it strongly with the FA Cup. You know, th didn't it feel good to have a terrible season, buy into whatever Arteta was telling you and get some sort of silverware? In the same way, didn't it feel good to work on whatever you've worked on all week in relation to Spurs and, it, and for it to come off? You know, don't you want this on a consistent basis? Because as much as I love you players and love my football club, being up for big games, working hard, all of these things, they shouldn't be praised for. You know, you lot are pretty, I always say you lot praise my consistency across everything I do on YouTube and the rest of it. And I don't get it twisted. I'm, I'm appreciative. It does make you feel good and things like that and, and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, I don't I don't think I should be praised for it because it's the bare minimum because I want to do something within this space. So I need to be here, whether that's a, you know, we'll typically a Monday and a, on, a, on a Friday on this podcast, Tuesday if there's Monday night action, whatever, how much I'm there every day on YouTube. So that's where we need to build, you know, this shouldn't, this should become the minimum. You know, you need to be able to go into top six games, top eight, top four teams with more intention, with actually expecting to, because nobody expected to win. We'll say we'll take a point. We want to see a good performance. Performance. Boom, boom, boom. No, we're saying Arsenal win. You should be able to go, whether it's Spurs, United, City, obviously with reason that you can get a result or that you can put in a performance or that there's certain things you'd expect. Because I always call this winning the battles, not winning the war. Winning the war, if for me, is getting top four or consistently showing over this 38 game period, you can have a stronger claim towards that top four. Like, you're, you know, we're, we're mathematically still in it. But if you was to ask every football fan, you know, who they're talking about top four, it's not Arsenal. I want to be in that conversation. That's winning the, the the war for me. Getting Europa League final, that's the war. Stay, you know, that's that, that. Do you get what I'm saying? Because these are battles. Because Arsenal will give you this. With all due respect to this Spurs game, it's great for bragging rights. It's great for 24 hours, but it doesn't mean much. You know, both teams are underperforming. Specific to Arsenal, we're underperforming. And when I look back in May, I don't want to sit back being temp, which the table don't lie, we're there for a reason. I don't want to be temp. And off-topic people... This is this is Arsenal in it. Like we'll drop points against Burnley and then beat Spurs. It's crazy, isn't it? But um, I don't want to sit back in May tenth, somehow managing to have a worse season than last year. I know, right? Um, and sitting there and saying, oh yeah, but at least we beat United. We took four points off United. We beat them at, at, at their place and we and we drew at the Emirates. At least we beat Chelsea. At least we beat Spurs. At least we beat Leicester. Arsenal are good for those sort of things. We'll give you five little moments for the fans and it's good. Obviously, you see Arsenal fans, myself included, you know, 
take every opportunity to banter rivals and be obnoxious and annoying, of course, you know, but that's all it is. 24 hours, it doesn't mean anything. And if you go and get smacked up against Liverpool, where I want to see a performance against Liverpool, because even against Wolves, again, they weren't bad, but they're struggling um, sort of thing. I want to see a performance against West Ham. Again, the Spurs game is great in isolation, but come Monday morning, you know, when you're doing your recovery, it's, it's forgotten about. Today, Tuesday, you're back in, I guess, full effect, full training, moving into Thursday's game. Simply put, the Spurs game is gone. Treat every game like that, people, and the rest should follow as well. Um, so it is what well, it firmly is what well, it is in that regards, people. If you give me a second, I think I, you know me. I'm never one to miss out the tactical sort of stuff in this game, people. And to big up, you know, to big up several players. Obviously, I don't want to go over it. I done it on my on my on my um, YouTube account, but we all know Aubameyang was dropped to the bench. For what it's worth, I think it was a masterclass from Arteta. Everything worked. You know, if we lost, things would have been said as a bus stop. It, you know, regardless of what happens, he still got to play him. But it was a masterclass from Arteta, and for someone that's ac accused of having favourites by everybody, again, I'm not perfect myself included. It goes some way to prove to us that you know no one is above the law at Arsenal. If Aubameyang is is is, is facing sanctions for being late. Apart from William going to buy though, but it is what it is. In terms of Smith Rowe, people, you know, he created four goal scoring opportunities and his pass completion rate was 97%. Um, he had 57 touches, six ball recoveries, four chances created, three crosses. He won one foul. He had one interception, he hit the hit woodwork once, and he made one tackle, which I'm not too sure is is, is right. I do think if you look back at this again, people, I don't think Bale will be playing in a game where he needs his men to track back. I don't think he'll be going with Bale. Um, Kieran Tierney had a great game and showed who's the best left back in the league, in my opinion. He had 71 touches, 10 passes in the final third, nine duels won, seven crosses, six tackles made, which was the most, six passes into the box, two take-ons completed, one assist, two chances created, 23 ball recoveries. And what Tierney did for Odegaard, you know, he does it every game. He just doesn't get the assist to match. You know, if we had a, a striker that could read these things or a player, do you know there'd be an extra 10 goals in this team, in my opinion? Arsenal have won five previous matches from losing positions in the Premier League under Mikel Arteta. We've done it against Everton and Liverpool at the Emirates last year. We also did it at Southampton and Leicester away this year. Arsenal already have more points, 10 against the big six this season, than we managed in the whole of last campaign, which is nine people. Only West Ham have hit the woodwork more times than us this season. Arsenal have hit the post 16 times, West Ham 18. Arsenal have lost just one of their last 28 Premier League home games against Spurs. But I see our form in the North London derby hasn't been too good anyway, so it don't really mean much. Um... Martin Odegaard obviously scored and hopefully he lays a marker he's had a fantastic couple of days obviously scored against Olympiacos and Spurs he's the fourth player to score their first Premier League goal in a North London derby for Arsenal he joins Nicholas Bentner Lucas Torreira and Pierre Mertesacker Arsenal were winless in their last five meetings with Spurs in all competitions and it's nice to know that we didn't go six without such people um, so it is what it is in that regards firmly um, you know big up Lacazette for obviously scoring the scoring the penalty as, as well, people. I'm can't, I'm trying to find my my Lacazette propaganda for you guys. I don't think I can, but there was a bag of Lacazette propaganda. How he's you know he's he's he, it was another big game goal for Lacazette. Um, 
wish I still had that available for him, people. I wish I still had the Lacazette info. I'm actually going to find that for you lot. As well, on the topic of um, Lemayna, he's the first player to score and be sent off in a Premier League game for Tottenham since Adebayor in November 2012. Any guesses as to what team he did that against people? Adebayor, any guesses? Any guesses? Any guesses? It was against Arsenal. Trick question, people. Trick question. You know, there's some people. I'm making sure you lot wake up a bit, sort of thing, people. But yeah, man, that's what it is. And Lemayne, like I said, your 250th game, you scored a goal of the season contender. You know, nine nine players out of ten are gonna strike that with their left or right foot. And nine times out of ten, he tries that Rabona, it hit, you know, it's it's not a goal in it. But that one time, fortune favours the brave. It was a madman thing. It was. And I guess and I forgot to say it, the only L for both these teams is again at this moment in time at at this podcast, at this moment in time, it's 7.53 over in the UK, people. I don't know the health in relation to Saka and Son. I know they're both struggling with, ha- well, Saka's a hamstring knock. I'm assuming Son is as well. Probably both out for two, three weeks. Um, with Lacazette's penalty, people, it now takes him into the top 10 of Arsenal goal scorers in the Premier League. He has 47. Alexis Sanchez has 60. So again, you know, this could be Lacazette's last season because of the contract and I don't think he's going to overtake that. But this time next year, he probably could get rid of people, you know. You've got Henri at 175, Ian Wright at 104, Van Persie 96, Burkham 87, Big Up Giroud 73, Frio Walcott 65, Aubameyang 63, Perez 62, Alexis 60, Lacazette, as I said, 40. Seven. There's been five penalties in the last five North London derbies played at the Emirates. It's quite crazy in that regard. We're going to move on from Arsenal in a sec once I find this Lacazette propaganda. Lacazette has scored four goals in his last six Premier League games against Tottenham Hotspur. Minutes per chance created from open play. Lacazette has 82, 82.2, um, which is, places him just behind Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, Tini, Ceballos, William and Pepe. Um, it is what it is in that regards, people. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. You know, it was a fantastic game for us. It is what it is. It was a nice derby. But let's move on, people. We spent a long time on Tottenham and Arsenal, like I would as an Arsenal fan. There's other Premier League action now. Again, if you was going into that North London derby, more so I'd say Spurs, but you was looking towards the Chelsea game. Or if you were Chelsea, you was looking at, okay, cool, West Ham and United are playing. Hopefully United can drop points or both can draw. You know, hopefully something happens in all these other games. Um, You know, it's it's firmly two points dropped for Chelsea. You know, Thomas Tuchel at the end of the day continues. He's still a wavy manager. He's still a great manager. You know, I think he's doing a lot for Chelsea. I think he's going to do a lot for Chelsea. I think on this occasion... Chelsea, maybe, I guess it's specific to Thomas Tuchel, um, I think things were complicated, it looked like players didn't really know where they was playing, it looked like it was overcomplicated, I think Ziyech kind of the best, the best example of that, you know, Pulisic didn't take his chance to impress, you know, I just think they looked overcomplicated, it looked like players were playing in half spaces but not quite, obviously Havertz was trying, um, Ultimately, it's a goalless draw. You know, Chelsea should have scored. You know, they they found it tough to break down leads. You know, Rudiger tried to bring it out from the back and that. Um, obviously, it was a it was a bit of a dodgy first half. You know, with offsides playing a part, but. Yeah, man, you know, obviously it's nil-nil, it's two points dropped for Chelsea and it's been near enough, it has been perfect for Chelsea, 
they were going to drop points, but it, it is what it is in that regards. They switched their attentions to Atletico Madrid now. It is what it is. I don't think Pulisic took his chance to shine. I did even think Leeds had a couple of chances to nick it. You know, on reflection, Rafinha will probably be kicking himself. He didn't finish that opportunity where Mendy did well. Obviously, Tyler Roberts was cons consistently involved. He had a couple of chances to do better, and I'm sure he wished he could um, in that regards. For me, it was the first time... Chelsea specific to this game they looked like they were lacking ideas going forward it looked like they were overcomplicating it um it didn't look like it was like anything was on you know I'm seeing their center halves on the ball more and looking like they're going to do more than their strikers in my opinion but what you can't fault from Chelsea is the clean sheets at the end of the day apparently they've only conceded one goal recently from open play and like you know it's another clean sheet for Thomas Tuchel and at the end of the day you know, you can't win them all. You know, you go back to the drawing board, I'm sure, and think about what went wrong. And I don't know who Chelsea have next. But end of the day, Thomas Tuchel, it will end one day. But he's unbeaten in all 12 of his games in charge of Chelsea and all comps people. That's the joint longest run unbeaten start by a manager in the club's history. Now, with all due respect to the great Felipe Scolari for what he's done at international level, I'm sure Thomas Tuchel, by the time he ends his tenure at Chelsea, he doesn't want to be mentioned in the same name as him, specific to Chelsea. But... So far, so good. That could also be a warning. You shouldn't draw conclusions, but I don't think Thomas Tuchel is going to go down there. Um, I know there must be a small section of the Chelsea fan base who, you know, are still mentioning Lampard and I'm going to give them a bit of information for that. Chelsea have had more goalless draws in 10 games under Thomas Tuchel than they did in 57 under Lampard. They only had two and they've had, they only had two under Lampard and they had three under Thomas Tuchel. I would say to that, you weren't keeping as many clean sheets. You know, you can score as many goals as you like. You can't keep clean sheets. They're not really going to correlate towards three points. There's only so much times you can do this dramatic winning two one winning four three and the rest of it people so yeah nil nil you know Bielsa is what it is it's a good point isn't it it's a point to move forward I'm pretty sure if you asked Bielsa and his men they would have taken a point prior to the game so they live to fight another day now the seaside derby people Southampton versus Brighton Brighton win two goals to one as said Tossart hits the winner Che Adams you know he struggles to score goals but he scored in this game and he has scored in three consecutive appearances for the first time in the Premier League that's his longest scoring streak in the competition since February 2019 where he actually went six in the championship for Birmingham you know Che Adams works hard his decision making isn't the best and he snatches at chances but he's got three and three um, sadly it doesn't mean anything people because obviously Brighton won I think Brighton played some good football I think Danny Welbeck had a very good performance in, in, in the game and he was central to their win obviously Lewis Dunk has now scored 20 league goals in general for Brighton people 15 of those have been converted via headers so you know Brighton snatched the win Aston Villa versus Newcastle I was watching that obviously for Joe Willock purposes Bit of a nothing game until the second half, really. I know there was half chances throughout, but I think it was a bit of a nothing game, really. I think it opened in the last 10, 15. You saw calamities with both the goals scored. Obviously, Lascelles, um, you know, rose and headed home from from an important position to get an important point. But I think both teams were just... It, it was, it was, you know, there wasn't much to say. I just think it was very boring. Like, both teams didn't really offer anything. They were cancelled out. There was poor finishing. They played well in patches, not consistently. Only really opened up last 10, 15 when these goals started getting conceded, people. Um... So it is what it is. Only Crystal Palace have conceded more Premier League goals in the last 15 min minutes of games this season. Then Newcastle have conceded 12. Um, um, 
and Palace have conceded 13. So it might have always been on the cards, people. Um, moving away from that, Crystal Palace defeated West Bromwich Albion a goal to nil. Obviously, with that, you know, West Bromwich Albion are basically gone and Sam Allardyce, you know, his claim of never being relegated it's a myth now, you know, West Brom had a lot of possession, but they only had one shot on target for the 12 they had, you know, I think they, it was a classic performance in that, I think they had more going forward, they had more about them, but the three points aren't going home really, really and truly, it's all that matters, and that puts them in a dangerous situation, you know, Guaita had a very good game for, for Crystal Palace, if I'm talking about your goalkeeper, it means that there was something, and you know, it was a ter- it was it was a it was a terrible day at the office, man. You know, you got Darnell Furlong conceding penalties. You know, Darnell's a cool guy, but you're only a footballer because of your dad, Paul Furlong. He coached us, and the fact that he was a QPR legend. You know, there was times that Paul and the rest of the coaches would tell lies that we're all going to Luton and QPR and things. And lo and behold, like in fact, don't let don't let me don't let me lie. You know, seven eight years of age, he was a madman. When we got to school ages, he was shit, and he's showing it and. You know what? I would rather be called crap if I was getting 22k a week. But, you know, he conceded a penalty. We know that West Bromwich Albion side is a bunch of championship players and they're being confirmed back into the championship. So, you know, it was an unhappy visit for Maitland-Niles and Semi Ajayi and a couple of these players at West Brom travelling back to the capital. Conor Gallagher as well. It's an L. They just have to take it and rebuild for life next year. Now, I'm sure you all saw as well, people. Everton won, Burnley two. You know, Dwight McNeil scored a peach of a goal and ultimately was the winner. Um, I cannot even remember. Was it Barnes or Wood? I think it was Chris Wood. He netted his 40th goal for Burnley, I believe. And it was, you know, his finish was a good finish as well. He actually became, becomes Burnley's second player to score um, 40 goals for the club. You know, Ashley Barnes is on 41, people. Um, so it was two good goals, I feel, from Burnley. I feel Burnley worked very hard. I think they had chances. I think they caught um, Everton cold. Now, Carlo Ancelotti isn't going to be happy about it. The only benefit you can see is Dominic Calvert-Lewin got on the score sheet again, people. He has scored more goals... Um, Apparently, Dominic Calvert-Lewin has both scored more goals from inside the six-yard box nine and more headed goals six than any other player this season. He has scored 14 goals in the Premier League this season for Everton. The only Englishman to score more for the Toffees in a single campaign in the league was Tony Cotty in 93-94. So he's doing all he can to get a call-up for England in the Euros, all he can to adhere himself to the Everton faithful. Ultimately, it don't mean anything because they did not win. Burnley have have won away games against both Everton and Liverpool people in a single league campaign for the very first time. And they're the third side to do so this season after Manchester City and Fulham actually people. So fantastic for them. I'm sure you all saw Wolves nil, Liverpool one. Yota came back to haunt Liverpool courtesy of a strike just before half time assisted by Mane. Again, I'm not too sure on the fitness, but let's keep in our thoughts and prayers. Rui Patricio, we seem to have suffered a serious injury. Now, I think Trent had a good game. I think Liverpool looked better than they did in recent weeks. It just looks, you know, the centre-half's clean sheet, get a bit of a, of, a, of a confidence booster. But it just looks like they need a bit of surgery. They're crying for some life, in my opinion. It's not that they played bad. It's like, it, it, the, like time catches up with everyone. It just looks like they need to shake things up a bit. Um, and change things up, you know, Thiago had a better game, if you could say that, but again, there isn't too much to really waffle on about, if, I, if I'm completely honest, you know, it was it weren't the most attractive, attractive of fixtures, and to be fair with you, even even Thiago, he's, you know, he, <laughs> it was funny to see Klopp hooking, boy, because you knew he was going to get sent off, really and truly, 
Uh, I'm sure Liverpool would have liked to have won in a more convincing way, but at the end of the day, they won in it. And, you know, Liverpool are struggling in the league. They're firmly in a top four race. You just have to take three points where they can when you are in situations along those lines, people. Um, so it firmly is what it is in that regards. Scrolling down my notes, who have we covered? Spurs, Leeds, Chelsea, Villa, Southampton, Brighton, Everton, Burnley. Leicester smoked Sheffield United people, you know. Kelechi Iheanacho, it was a touching moment to hear him speak after the game. Got his hat-trick. Unlucky not to have a four, a four, a four really. You know, Jamie Vardy had an effort off the line. You know, Jamie Vardy, I think one of his goals, his goal actually go, to, go down as an own goal. He's a bit unlucky. And I know Jamie Vardy hasn't been too prolific in front of goal of recent people. Like I said, apparently it's, a, it's an amount for do own goal. He got terrorised. But Jamie Vardy did get two assists. You know, indeed, he did set up set up his fellow Nigerian as well. It was another goal made in the Super Eagle, Eagles country. Um, big up Nigeria for that one. You know, Ayuse Perez came came and got involved on the act. And like I said, it was the first career hat-trick for Kelechi Iheanacho. He's always going to remember this moment. Sheffield United, no longer without Chris Wilder. New manager or new temporary manager. Same old problems and they need to prepare for life in the championship really and truly can't imagine if any i don't think there's a single player from sheffield united that i feel there will be one that can still play premier league football but there isn't one i'm looking at and going yo you shouldn't be playing in the championship next year i think a manfredu will get moves because you know you can't go from playing in the cha champions league to the championship in a matter of seasons really wasn't it last year you was getting plaudits for your performances for leipzig against spurs um you know brewster I think Brewster will come into life more and probably have more of a say when they get dropped into the championship. But, you know, and I don't think he's good enough right now to be saying I can play Premier League football. But, you know, even him, you know, you can't really see. There's not a single player I look at at Sheffield United and I think, yo, Premier League settings for you. Maybe that young G, because he's 16, 17, is it Hackford or something like that? I'm pretty sure he made his debut. You know, they're quite crap and they're going down. You know, it's as simple as that. There's nothing really to talk about from a Sheffield United point of view. You know, they got smacked up. You know, a Kelechi in actual hat-trick and a Manfredu on goal and an Jose Perez um, got on the act. It's 5-0. They're lucky they never got 10 really and truly. It was, you know, at first I thought it was going to be a 2 and a 3 and they did start to drop their standards and... You know, who was it? There was a heroic, heroic sorry, effort denied off the line by Sheffield. That was it, really. But they were toothless, man. Yes, Sheffield had one shot, none on target. Leicester had 10 on target, 19 shots, 928 touches to 457, 750 passes to 291. You know, that there wasn't really too much tackling from both teams, but Leicester had 19 tackles. You know, Sheffield had 14, you know. This is not... Let Sheffield had one corner. This is not a team that... Obviously, they're, they're down. But this ain't a team that's trying to fight. Give a good account of themselves. Give the fans who aren't at the ground something to cheer about and something to work on going to next season in the Championship. It's disgraceful. And I hate seeing teams like this in the Championship. So, I mean, in the Premier League. So, Sheffield, you know, goodbye. And I told people, don't overrate Sheffield. It, it, it gave me vibes of Reading one year. Remember when Reading came up? Reading were better, but do you remember there was one year Reading came up and they just missed out on Europe. I think the Europa League spaces them times when they had Leroy Lee, oh, Kit David, um, Dave Kitson, I believe Sidwell, former Arsenal guy, was there. Um, I think the Hunt brothers were there. Um, 
can't remember who else was there, people in it, but people was there. And I told man, don't overrate them. Last season, everyone was overrating Sheffield. Oh, one of the toughest teams to break down. Like that's because it's it's a bit like what you're seeing with Liverpool. People don't people are being shell shocked. They're hard to be. Obviously, the twelfth man is a shell shock. But now people clocked it and they didn't involve on it really and truly, and they got complacent and. Now they deserve to go back down. I think they should have sacked Chris Wilder easy, early on. Chris, Chris Wilder's a bit of a knobhead because I saw him complaining about injuries. You were one of the managers that voted against allowing more substitutions this season. So you can't complain, rude boy. But yeah, man, you know, Leicester 5, Sheffield United nil. Leicester keep going, marching on and, you know, significant, signifying potential Champions League places. Manchester United won one nil against West Ham, courtesy of an own goal. I thought it was Scott McTominay. You know, there was a couple of moments West Ham could have nicked it, but generally I think Man United were 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 in large control of, of of that game. You know, Greenwood hit the post, very unlucky in that regards, people to hit to hit the post. Obviously Dan James is a bit of a road runner. You know, Marcus Marcus Rashford's decision making once again could be better. I think Shaw was okay once again. But yeah man, it weren't the most glamorous of United fixtures. You know, West Ham are a good team and have been playing well so David Moyes Derby they walk away with something in it well United walk away with the three points West Ham gave a decent account of themselves um, I'm sure you all saw as well people Fulham nil Manchester City free and as good as Fulham has been and how we want Fulham everybody wants Fulham to stay up you know two of those goals the penalty in the second you know these are mistakes you you're punished in the championship let alone the Premier League so it was stupid really and truly the one thing I would say you you did take it did take a while for for City to break you down you know when Jones um, John Stones who for me was man of the match John Stones Gabriel Jesus and obviously courtesy of the penalty spot Aguero got on the score sheet they, you, did ha you did hold them off for a while but you've got to remain focused man and you know I think you gave a, I think the blueprint to this game was how you lot played at the Etihad I think you lot will be disappointed with how you lot played at Craven Cottage Sergio Aguero's had a terrible time with injuries people and with that Sergio Aguero's ended a run of 13 appearances 641 minutes and 24 shots without scoring a Premier League goal his penalty against Fulham was actually his first since January 2020 people um, against Sheffield United which is exactly 417 days ago at the time um, Gab Jesus obviously capitalised on the stupid mistake when, when Fulham were caught in possession and scored he's been directly involved in 95 goals in his 114 starts in all comps for City 73 goals 22 assists so again I do think we need to see a lot more from Gab Jesus but that's very good stats really 94 goals you know I mean, 94 goals in 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 95 goals. Apologies in all comps. I believe 73 in the league and 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 22 assists. He could do a lot more. He's also scored eight and assisted one in his last 10 starts. So he's trying to take advantage of people's absence. Um, you know, prior to that, he you know. <clears throat> prior to that as well on, on the topic of John Stones apologies people um, having netted just one goal in his first 170 Premier League appearances John Stones has got four in his last 10 people you know we all know Man City are innovative I didn't know goal scoring centre-halves was one on that as well people and with the Premier League action or my comments on it being being closed in this part of the podcast I also want to remind you lot that Gundogan and Manchester and Man Manchester City's Gundogan Gundogan Ilkay Gundogan and Pep Guardiola respectively one player and manager of the month people for February um, Gundogan is obviously the first Man City player to win consecutive Premier League awards for January and February Pep Guardiola 
Guardiola has been named Player of the Month for the Manager of the Month. Apologies for the ninth time, um, and that ranks him fourth in the competition's history. People, Arsene Wenger had fifteen, Ferguson had twenty-seven. And obviously, David Moyes is also up there, people. So make of that what you will. Now, let's get into, again, it's, again, once again, before we move on, just to recap the scorelines, people. Wolves nil, Liverpool 1, Southampton 1, Brighton 2, Leicester 5, Sheffield United nil, Arsenal 2, Tottenham Hotspur 1, Man City 1, Man United 1, apologies, um, West Ham nil. It was nil-nil between Leeds and Chelsea. Crystal Palace 1, West Bromwich Albion nil. Everton won, Burnley 2, it shocks me every time I say that. And obviously Fulham nil, Manchester City 3. So yeah, away from that though, and obviously there's there's football, there's football every day because Wolves Wolves played yesterday. But with that being said, people, I would like to look at the Champions League. Now, again, I will be doing a watch along for the Atlanta, Atalanta versus Real Madrid game. So if you're about from 7:30, make sure you're there on YouTube. Now, again, the Man the Real Madrid one is a bit of a dodgy one like I said Real Madrid versus Atalanta Real Madrid take a slender 1-0 lead you know considering Atalanta were down to 10 men for that first leg they were all over them so that tie is far from done you've obviously got Manchester City against Gladbach now Man City have that two goal lead four if technically four if you account away goals it's technically two for Real Madrid as well so we'll have to see um, with that you know Real Madrid have progressed from eight of their last nine UA for knockout ties when they've won the first First, first leg away from home. However, the one time they were eliminated in this run was in 2018-19 against Ajax people. This will be the second time Atalanta have faced Euro Spanish opponents away from home in European competition. They obviously played Valencia last season. Um, Atlanta are on the longest current run away run of away victories of any team in the Champions League people and when you look at Real Madrid are winless in their last four home games in knockout stages of the away for Champions League so it's therefore a tighter game than people expect like I said you've got City against Gladbach City are unbeaten in five games against Gladbach Gladbach's previous trip to face Man City ended in what remains their heaviest joint defeat away from home in the Champions League they lost 4-0 against City and as well as Barcelona in 16-17 um, you know Borussia Munch and Gladbach have never previously won away to English opponents in European in the European Cup slash UEFA so again if I was a Gladbach player, just look at that as history. It's got to be done one time. You're the first to do it. You've got Bayern Munich against Lazio. Bayern Munich are winning four goals to one. They will go through. It's still 1-0 to Chelsea. I back Chelsea to beat Atletico Madrid, but at the same time, it's all in the balance, people. Chelsea have won one of their three home UEFA Champions League matches against Atletico, people. Their one home defeat was in the second leg of the semi-final in 2013-14, in which they lost 3-1. Atletico have lost three UEFA Champions League matches against Chelsea, which is their joint most against an opponent along with Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. In their history in European competition, Chelsea have never been eliminated in a two-legged knockout tie after winning the first leg away from home. Um, so again, it's going to be a techie one, people. So the Champions League has a lot to face. You know, once again, Real Madrid versus Atlanta today from 8 o'clock, as is Manchester City and Gladbach tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll see Chelsea, Atletico and Bayern Munich Lazio. Um, if we skip to the Europa League, as we know, it is the second leg for Chelsea. For, I meant to Chelsea. I wish Chelsea for Arsenal, Spurs, Man United, etc. For United, all to do against Milan. 
the job is half done for Spurs and Arsenal after winning 2-0 and 3-1 respectively. But the job is not done though. You know, obviously, obviously Arsenal returned to the home leg. Obviously, like I said, three goals to one. We've given ourselves six goals when you when you factor in, you know, the away goals rule. But we need to go out there and finish off the job. In my head, in my head, apologies. It's still deal deal. You've obviously got Dynamo Zagreb against Tottenham Hotspur. Hopefully Dynamo Zagreb can do what they can to make it difficult for them. So you've got Arsenal Olympiacos, Dynamo Zagreb, Tottenham, Mulder against Granada, Shakhtar Donetsk against Roma. Roma winning 3-0 in that. Granada has actually beaten Mulder 2-0 from the first leg. Una Emre's Villarreal welcomed Dynamo Kiev to... to um, um, to, 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 to Villarreal's place and considering you know Emre's side have that handbrake of a 2-0 victory they should back it Rangers versus Slavia for me is going to be a gazy game it's 1-1 you know Rangers are at home they do have the away goal currently but things can change and obviously it's technically advantage Milan but United do play this second leg away from home it was 1-1 in the last leg so we'll have to see what's happening and you know Ajax are more or less through after winning 3-0 against Young Boys but you've still got that so you've got Ajax Young Boys against Ajax Milan against Man United Rangers against Slavia Villarreal against Dynamo Kiev Shakhtar against Roma Molder against Granada Dynamo Zagreb against Tottenham Arsenal against Olympiacos so that is what it is in that regards now it's time for the segment of in case you missed it slash in other news people in case you missed it i'm so happy we just spoke about the europa league because it has some relevance apparently you know tottenham will be playing dynamo zagreb but it's with a new manager after their gaffer zoran mamik has resigned as their boss of dynamo zagreb after his prison sentence for fraud was confirmed by the Croatia by Croatia supreme court as I said, Tottenham faced Dynamo on Thursday in the last 16. Marmik, 49 years of age, was given a jail term along with his brother um, in 2018, people. Apparently, Croatia's um, Supreme Court reduced Marmik's sentence by three months but said he has to serve four years and eight months in prison. Free him. He also said, although I don't feel guilty, I resign, as I said before, I would do if the sentence was confirmed. I wish all the I wish all the good luck to the club. And, you know, Arsenal's got Robbie Burton. I'm pretty sure there won't be situations like that where we playing under a manager and then your manager gets bagged for fraud. I don't know what I don't know the specifics in relation to fraud. I don't know if he's guilty or innocent or whatever, but. You know, they've got a new manager, so free them and them and them things there. Um, Marmik's brother, Zidraiko, is a former Croatia, is Croatia's former football federation vice president, president, um, vice president and he fled to neighbouring Bos Bosnia on the eve of sentencing in 2018. And he also had his six and a half year sentence confirmed by the Supreme Court. So he done the race, he bust out, he, he, he dipped backyard. So he's not trying to deal with this, but his, his brother is. Apparently, in addition, the Supreme Court confirmed Firm jail terms for the former club director Damir Vobrankovic and tax inspector Milan Pervar. Um, apparently, Vobrankovic, per Perna, and the Marmot brothers were charged with embezzling 11, um, what's it, 116 million kona, which equates to about 13 million pounds from Dynamo by sharponing off money from transfer fees and tax evasion worth 12.2 million kona. So, again, you know. They're just trying to make some money, but they got caught in it, so they have to deal with it. And it is what it is. Away from that, and you know, I'm I am the king and the head of this Emil Smith role 
fan club and I'm happy to see he's been making progress within the England setup because in addition to Smith Rowe, in addition to Mason Greenwood and Callum Hudson-Odoi, better yet, Smith Rowe has been selected for England's under-21s Euro campaign this month. As you know, because of the way Corona's affected it, it's going to be split up and I'm sure you've seen a lot. Gwendozi's actually been named as France, as as, as the France under-21 captain. Hours in that, you know, there's a strong Spain squad. Um, you know, Mason Greenwood and Callum, you know, Callum's been playing recently of, of late. Hardly say set in the world alike to get into the full national setup, but you've got from March until May. Greenwood, you've got into the setup, and I think you've been dropped just because of discipline issues, but you know, your form hasn't been the best at United. These are two players I feel could get into the Euros team. So I'm sure they're a bit disappointed. I'm happy Smith Rowe is in the call up as well. He's been capped at every other level prior, and you know, because of his, you know, well deserved, he deserves to be in the setup. Don't understand how Enketia and Brewster got called up, though. I know it's tournament football, but there's some players I think are playing better. Joel Willock is not there, as, is Re as isn't as Reese Nelson. They can't really complain because they haven't been regulars within their team. Um, so it is what it is. And for these for the under-21s, they'll play three group stage games in, in Hungary and Slovenia this month with knockout stages in May and June after the tournament was split up, people. Away from that, though, and keeping up with England, we've lost Jamal Musiala. We've obviously lost current Valencia and former Arsenal Academy player Yunus Musa. The 18-year-old has decided to commit his international future to the America national team, the US. And I'm happy for him because he's there with Pulisic, with Gio Ray, with Sergio Dez, you know, there's a bunch of just, just there's a bunch of American young American players bursting on the scene, and at 18 years of age, the chance to be a part of that is very good. You know, he's he's play, previously played in friendlies, but it's open, and he's played for England at youth level. And I would say, why not? You know, you're 18 years of age, why not? You know, 18, you can play proper football, maybe even go to the 2022 World Cup as part of an exciting bunch. Or you could stay at England, you know, you're probably going to get, I probably think he would have got called up for England's under-21s with Callum and the rest of them. Um, I don't think they would have called him up for now. So he might have to wait, people. Jude Bellingham and Saka probably be called up at full England International because they were missed out as well of this spot. Um, I support it. Why wait? You know, it's a chance to be more of an important player, more of a less flash in the pan. Like you get two call ups and you're not involved. So I see it, people. And one has to wonder how English does Eunice Musa see himself as well? Because again, to my knowledge, you know, he was actually born in he's born in America. He's lived in Italy. He's of Ghanaian descent. You know, obviously he spent a portion of his life in England, but and he's living in Spain. So we, again, how. You know, he might not feel he is English, but apparently the 18-year-old is expected to be in the squad for the upcoming friendlies against Northern Ireland and Jamaica. You know, big up Eunice Musa. Hopefully you have a stinker against Jamaica, of course. Um, you know, he, he I can't blame him really and truly. And he said, I think it was pretty clear for me to decide to play for the United States. First of all, I think it makes sense to represent the country that I was born in. The moment I decided to play for America came one day when my heart told me that it was the best place for me. The project that we have now and for the future is so exciting and it's a great pleasure to be able to be part of that. I can't wait to get started. The, um, the US supporters have been very, really warm and made me feel wanted and appreciated. It's really exciting to, um, it's, it's exciting with such a young squad. It's nice to compete against so many great players for spots. It's exciting to see what we can do together. I'm sure we're going to be able to do great things as well, people. So yeah, big up to him for that. On that topic as well, Pedri has been named in, Pedri, Barcelona's Pedri has been named in the Spanish squad for the 2022 World Cup qualifiers as well. He's been included in that 25-man side 
as you lot know, the 18-year-old's enjoying a breakthrough season at Barca. On that topic as well, Sanchez, the you know, the Brighton goalkeeper, has also been called up to the Spanish team to replace Kepa. Quite the rise, considering a couple of years ago he was on loan at Rochdale and uh, Forest Green. And now he's training with, you know, some of the best players in the world and going to play against some of the best players in the world. Um, away from that and in in other news, rather sadly, people, I'm sure you have all sadly seen Angel Di Maria had to leave midway through PSG's current, well, past Liga match against Nantes because... Um, and return home because there was at the time unconfirmed, now confirmed reports that his house had been burgled with his family inside. There's obviously other reports with more graphic potential rumours and details, but apparently him and Marquinhos, long story short, have been the victim of burglary, potential kidnapping. And it seems that this happens to Di Maria all the time. So I don't know if there's people in his close circle doing something. I don't know if there's people that just know he's an easy target, but it's upsetting, you know, he's pulled off. You know, you could see Leonardo appear to call the phone of Pochettino or someone and then obviously had to come off. And it's quite, it's, it's sad. So hopefully that one there is, 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 is dealt with I'm sure you've all seen apparently Zidane has hinted that Real Madrid will try and resign Cristiano Ronaldo in the summer Zidane might not even be there he might be there if Zidane, if, if Ronaldo's there because Ronaldo might say I want you there apparently he said yes it could be we know Cristiano pardon me we know what he has done for Real Madrid but now he's a Juventus player he's playing with another team we'll see what his future will be and again you look at the rumours you know if they could get Cristiano Ronaldo Haaland and uh and and um, Pogba, that could be quite decent, really and truly. Um, on the topic of Cristiano Ronaldo, people, he scored a hat trick at the weekend in Juventus's three-one win against Caligari, um, Caligari in in the Serie A. With that hat trick, people, it now means he has now scored a total of seven hundred and seventy goals in his career, and he surpassed Pele's unofficial total of seven hundred and sixty-seven. And we all know and Pele was counting them goals from when he was probably thirteen years of age, and and them things there. So Ronaldo is now has the record for the most goals in the world. In my opinion, people, I'm sure you all saw for the first time Sunderland won the EFL trophy as they beat Tranmere Rovers a goal to nil, um, courtesy of Lyndon Gooch um, in the second half, people. Um, so they did what they needed to do. Away from that as well, people, Chelsea's women have also won a cup, people. Chelsea's women were crowned FA Women's Continental Champions, Cup Champions, sorry, for the second successive season. They they done this after an emphatic 3-6-0 apology win against Bristol City, which is the highest win in, in, the, in the competition's history by that margin. And it's quite upsetting, I'm, I'm sure, for Bristol to get smacked up like that. I can't say his name, but Manchester United youngster, very talented youngster, and for me, he's one of these new curly head kids today you know you can't be a curly head player without being a maverick and technically sound 18 year old who joined from Monaco in the summer of 2019 Hannibal Merjbury I can't say his name but I know he's a fucking fantastic footballer pardon my language for Man United he has signed a new I assume long-term deal I'm not sure of his birthday but I'd imagine he's just turned 18 not too long ago and they've committed him to a five-year deal and obviously looking after him finally people um you know, if you care about everything going on outside of football, Wigan have announced a deal that has agreed to sell the League One club to Phoenix 2021, which is subject to an EFL approval. As you lot know, the Latics, who went into administration last year and were obviously relegated to League One, said in a statement that the sale is expected to be completed by the 31st of this month, which is the 31st of March, March the latest. So we'll see what's happening, people. So, yeah, I've, I've we've talked about the Premier League, the Champions League. We've touched on some notes and 
stuff that has any nothing really to do with it. So I hope you've all enjoyed the DG podcast, the Deluded podcast. Please make sure you're following on Apple and Spotify. You know, you know, I do a lot of podcast material. I do twice, do do two episodes a week. But you know, in between that, I'm just YouTube savage. Like I'm always on YouTube. So make sure you're heading over there. Make sure you're following me across all my socials. Deluded Guna zero four. All information is in the description of this episode. Much like others, make sure you're following me on Clubhouse. Like I said, the next episode of this will be on Friday, where we will where we will um, preview the action to come in the Premier League. Obviously, talk about the midweek Champions League and Europa League and any other talking points that pop up here, there, and everywhere in that time. But for now, it's been a fantastic 50-odd minutes with you guys. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope it's a decent start to your morning. Please make sure you keep moving towards your goals, dreams and aspirations. And I hope we can all be sitting here on Friday with a sense of accomplishment. So, yeah, you know me. I love football, but I love self-development a lot more as well. So, yeah, please make sure you do that. More importantly than that, stay safe. You know, look after you and your family. Just try and be better than you was yesterday. Make sure you're following across all the socials. People deluded. God bless. I'm out.